0: The scripture we have comes from Acts 20. Uh, Luke is writing uh, about uh, the events that happened in the the stages of the early church. We're going to look at Acts 20, verses 32 through 38. Pretty short, but it uh, actually yielded a lot of really interesting ideas and thoughts that I had. Uh, And of course, I always uh, ask the Spirit, like a rain, to wash my mind in His thoughts his direction, his leading. So today we're going to talk about Acts 20, 32-38, from covetous to generous. That's kind of a tough word. I kind of twisted it around a few times to think, but I wanted to mention a story when my daughter was small. She and Jana are down in uh, Hemet, California today, visiting grandma and grandpa from my mom's, uh, from my wife's side, not my mom, but her side, and uh, They are down uh, at their church today with their parents down in California. They get the four-day weekend. Today is my one day off. Let's pray that it stays my day off. Uh, Staffing issues and outside of staffing issues, viruses that are hitting the other staff of the remaining. Uh, It's just one of those weeks. It's all right. But today's my day to rest. There's no suit on me. I don't want to see a suit. But I would say, uh, I was thinking about this idea of coveting. There was one time I took my daughter when she was small to see Rapunzel at the UNLV Thomas and Max Center. And you all know that s- that spot probably when the lanterns are being uh, shot out into the sky. Do you know this, uh, this part I'm talking about? And I think the little girl sings something like... Uh, uh, something, and at last I see the light. And they let the lanterns up and filled the sky with the lanterns because she's the young lady that's been missing. And every year her parents light the lanterns, uh, you know, and send them up into the sky to remember her because she had been taken. But, anyways, long story short, at this Rapunzel theater thing that they did at UNLV, they selected one little girl out of the crowd. To release the first lantern. Kylie wanted to attack her. Why does she get to be chosen to let the lantern go in the sky? I want to be the one that gets to let that lantern go first. I was watching my daughter's face turn into this beast like, Whoa, you have to be kidding me. Why can't I be her? We had chocolate bars here this morning, did we not? Why did Barucha find the golden ticket? Why did Vo- Violet Beauregard find the golden ticket? Why did, uh, what's that kid from Germany? What is his name? All right, I'm getting into movies, I admit it. You know it. It's happened, it has begun. Uh, I can't remember that kid from Germany. He just keeps eating all the chocolate. He gets the golden ticket, but Charlie didn't. Poor Charlie. But then that one fateful day, it finally happened. Charlie got the golden ticket. Who has the chocolate bar? Was there a golden ticket in there? Wouldn't we all love to have the golden ticket in life? Am I wrong? Wouldn't we all love to have the golden ticket? You open it up and your life is just changed. In fact, I wrote a couple things down. I won't admit that I added them as I was driving. Bad way to drive. This isn't the life I want. Ever had that thought? You don't have to raise your hand if you don't want to. This isn't the life I want. These aren't the struggles I wanted in life. This isn't the direction I thought I would go. What about this one? That's the life I want. That's the life I wish I had. The, the moment I wrote these down, I started thinking, see, this is kind of the idea of what we've been talking about recently in some of our passages of Scripture and some of our messages, is that whole comparison game. You know, I told you, when we compare, we start to despair. When we look at what others have, rather than being grateful for what we have. So Paul, in the same uh, moment, he says this, Excuse me. Uh, it's it's recorded here uh, in Acts 20. Luke writes this down. It's 20:32. It says here, "Now I commit to you to God and to the word of His grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing." You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Do you believe it, church? Do we need to live it? When he had said this, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. They wept as they embraced him and kissed him. What grieved them the most was his statement that they would never see his face again. They were going to miss Paul. Then they accompanied him to the ship. Lord, thank you for this word. Thank you for this word. What a passage of scripture. But I think it was so interesting that I remember... Sometimes when we look at life, when we hear about the struggles, we heard some struggles here, did we not? Let me find my spot here. That's one spot. I'm going to find another. I started thinking, the Lord already gave us the game plan on how to truly fix this planet. We hear about all these issues, drug usage, homelessness, all these things that go on. But think about it. What did the Lord say? It says in Exodus 20, And God spoke all these words. Do you think this could fix our planet? I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. Uno. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven, above or on earth, beneath, or in the waters below. No idols before him. Two. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will hold anyone, will not hold anyone guiltless who mis- misuses his name. You know how many times I hear the name of Jesus at work and it's not in the right context? Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Boom. Four. Honor your father and your mother. Cinco. I just heard recently in the news of a young girl Her grandfather told her to take a a shower. She attacked him. This is a violation of God's word as well. You see what could fix the world? Is if we listened and obeyed the Lord. Six, you shall not murder. Seven, you shall not commit adultery. You think that's through the roof? Eight, you shall not steal. Don't look at KTLA. You'll see it almost daily on the LA News. Nine, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. And here's number ten. You shall not covet when you want something that somebody else has who's not Jesus. <laughs> you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. You shall not covet the manservant, the maidservant, ox, donkey, or anything else that belongs to To your neighbor. And you know what? The people were afraid that day and said, Moses, you tell us this. Don't let us hear it from the Lord, because we might not even survive. He was such an authoritative figure. What an amazing moment. But the reason I mention this today is we need to have this world fixed. Amen? And the Lord is able to do it. We have to make sure that we are not selfish people, that we are generous people. Hallelujah. I was thinking about it when I was... uh, When I was early married, starting a family, Jana was pregnant with our first child, and she began to make a room for our son who was to be born. This kid had so much. He had so much of the world before he had even seen the world. There were giraffes as tall as me. There was this jungle thing going on. There were hot air balloons kind of flying around the ceiling. It was packed with every imaginable toy. This one little massage. I didn't even have a massage chair. This kid has a massage chair, and he's not even born with all these little roller balls. It was ridiculous. He was going to be spoiled, and I blame the mother. She's not here today. But honestly, you know what would happen the moment he does come out and see all that luxury, all that good stuff? Let me tell you what happens. They do not want to share. They do not want to give. They do not want to pour into others because they have so much the Toddler's Creed. Would you like to hear it? Alyssa Morgan, she's the president of the Mothers of Preschoolers. She says, "This is the Toddler's Creed. If I want it, it's mine. If I give it to you and I change my mind later, it's mine. If I can take it away from you, it's mine. If I had a little if I had it a little while ago, it's still mine." If it's mine, it'll never belong to anyone else, no matter what. If we're building something together, all the pieces are mine. And if it looks just like mine, it is mine. How many times in life do we sometimes act like that and wish that something that someone else had was mine? Anybody? You don't have to raise your hands. Very often, (coughs) excuse me, very often in life, we can be guilty of the same thing because we have you ever been around an adult that thinks this way? I don't want to share. Don't t- I, I've had my children be in people's houses where you're not allowed to touch anything. No, 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 no don't touch that. That's mine. Don't touch that. That's mine. In fact, my wife uh, joked around and said she called it, don't touch so-and-so's pretties. <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell you what family member that is, but it's, we've all been there. But sometimes when we see this, adult, uh, this trait in adults, it becomes even more disturbing. And I started thinking about it. There is time my both my parents uh, live in Southern California, and uh they're divorced, so they live in different spots of southern california and Here I am coming down on my once in a while on one of my few vacation days or three day weekends, and I'm thinking last thing I want to do is take my time and go running around all of California letting everybody have a chance to see the kids and spend time with them. I know what I want to do with my time. My dad lives like 40 minutes off of Main Street in Hesperia. I'm thinking, Dad, why do you live so far off the road? Couldn't you have picked a house that's like within 10 minutes off the freeway? I'm doing 40 minutes way back into the boondocks, 40 minutes back, and I'm thinking, this is my time. I felt so bad for my dad, I always come up with excuses. Oh, sorry, Dad, we're running behind, got to go, blah, blah, Wrong of me, is it not? Wishing that I was the kind of person that had the freedom that didn't have to take kids to see grandparents all over California. That was my coveting moment. I wish I didn't have to do that. Other people probably come down here and don't have to do that. But time is a gift, is it not? Time is a gift. So this idea of covet, many of us struggle with it. Paul struggled with it. In Romans 7, if you look at that, you can jot that down. He tells us that he recognized it for what it was and what it is, and he realized that his heart was full of covet. He had a covetous heart, and once that revelation hit him, he refused to stay in that condition. Don't you love people that know when they need to change? I will not stay this way. They need to change, and they realize it through God's Probably the Holy Spirit prompting your heart. This has to change. That has to change. He knew he couldn't be and live a selfish life and be a selfish man. He found his way to become a truly generous person. Has anybody here ever struggled with being generous? Very often, if you stop and think about it today, I bet you'll have a real good story when you felt like you almost embarrassed yourself. I know I have. When I thought, why didn't I just go the extra mile Why didn't I just step up and help? Why didn't I listen to that that cry and be there for that person? But truly, we want to learn what change looks like and what God has in store for us. Amen? We want to know. What does the Lord have in store for us? So first and foremost, I kind of shortened them because I thought they were a little bit too long. I shortened them down. Number one, generosity is a sign of, of spiritual maturity i want to be mature in the lord amen i don't want to be a toddler in the lord i want to be mature generosity it's a test of whether we really are spiritual matu- uh, toddlers or spiritually mature i mentioned this because when i was single i lived for guess who myself. Oh, I make my decisions. Nobody pipes in on my decisions. I can choose to do this. I can choose to do that. I don't have to take any advice. I can go here. I can work on this degree. I can send myself to college. I can invest. I can do this. I can buy myself that. Blah, 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 blah. You know what happened to me? You know what changed all that like a train wreck? Love and marriage, love and marriage, go together like a horse and. All of a sudden I had a pregnant wife, married with a child coming, and now I couldn't live for me. I had to live for Yeah, that's right. I wrote down them, but I like us better. In my notes I put them? <laughs> hey, you guys. <laughs> Oh, that's so eloquent. You're good. Well, I'll tell you something. I drew my wife a picture as she was pregnant, and I I should have brought it today, but I don't know where she... If you see her closet, I'm not going in there. I can't find anything. But I drew this little picture of an Amtrak train coming on the tracks, and a pregnant Jana is on the tracks, and here I am in my picture going and pushing her out of the way and taking her spot on the train. I'll bring it one day if I can find it. But when we were having our first child, that was me. And I tried to draw Janet as good as possible, but you'll crack up when you see it because I'm not that good. But it was me taking the place of having the train hit, and that's the way that I had to think about my new life. And then once I served Jesus, then I knew I also had to live first and solely for him. But Paul had learned what a true, generous life could be. He admitted, don't you love in Scripture when they admit things? He admitted his struggle with this idea of coveting. In Romans 7.7, 7, he says, For I would not have known what coveting really was if the law had not said, do not covet. But sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, produced in me every kind of covetous desire every kind what did it say sin does what seizes its moment do you ever notice when sin seizes a moment on your mindset this is a great thing did you ever see uh, George Burns in that movie oh god book one oh god book two anybody see that The third one, it was called, oh God, exclamation mark, you devil. Because there's two that are playing for the life of this young man. There's the Lord and there's the devil. And the devil side, the George Burns devil side, he's tempting this young man with fame, fortune, uh, improper relationships, everything you could imagine. And that's what Paul is saying here, seizing the opportunity. Sin tries to seize the opportunity, and we have to have our goggles on to recognize what's happening. Spiritual growth is when one believer realizes and learns that it is more blessed to give into other people's lives, amen, rather than receive into your own life. In other words, try living for someone else today. Is that a hard thing to do? Today's my one day off. I thought about a gazillion things I want to do for me. I'm even thinking about going to the baseball park tonight and watching the aviators all by myself with a nice book. I start thinking, me, what can I do for myself today? But it's more blessed to give into others, people's lives than have poured into your own. We listened to Paul's last words to the Ephesians. They were really close the Ephesians, and and, and Paul, and we hear of a relationship that was forged with believers. Are you good at crafting relationships? Sometimes it's not easy. Am I wrong? Sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes we have to remember that we are to forge relationships, and you know who is the greatest living example of that? Jesus, hallelujah. He gave so much, he poured into everybody else and just gave himself away into the lives of others. Paul, though, had become a spiritual caretaker to the Ephesians. Are you a good caretaker? Sometimes we have to stop and remember to be good caretakers. In relationships, I have these notes. I was going to read it to you, but it's, uh, I don't feel like fishing around on my phone. I have too many photos now. But there's this one thing I have written down. Have I stopped and taken time to speak with my loved one? Have I stopped to listen to her? Have I stopped to take a moment to hear what's on her heart? Have I stopped to listen to validate the thoughts that she's having? Have I stopped? And very often, we have to remember to caretake people's hearts. Amen? We have to remember that we are the caretakers of others because Jesus has called us to be the caretakers of others and invest in people's lives. Uh, Paul was so involved in their lives physically that it says here they all started weeping they all started uh, having these, uh, this, this special time together, and in the farewell to them, it says, the Ephesians wept, embraced, and kissed him so grieved that they would never see him again today. To be honest with you, I choose to believe that I don't want anybody in this service to ever stop coming, amen? I want to see you here next Sunday, so don't make me weep, embrace, and kiss you in grief goodbye. You don't want me to do that to you, do you? Okay, I won't. But the church in Ephesus, it was not a church full of spiritual toddlers. They poured generously into each other's lives. They prayed together. Does that sound like us? They worshiped together. Does that sound like us? They took communion together. Hallelujah, that was us. They comforted one another just like we comfort one another. So even as we meet on this wonderful Sunday, every Sunday that we're together, when you think about the time that we put in with each other, count it blessed time. Amen? Blessed. Don't leave this room without pouring generously into someone else's life. Pour generously. Build strong relationships. I have this one guard at work, and I haven't been... uh, I've been working a lot, and I worked a double on Saturday. Or excuse me, Friday. So I've been a little touchy. Do you know when you need to recharge the Energizer Bunny? The 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 batteries are low, and you need a new set. That was me. So here I am trying to do all my paperwork. I'm by myself. Half my staff is sick. I'm covering all the floor. I'm helping clients. I'm trying to sell whatever I can because I got to make my budgets and on and on and on. And here I am doing all my stuff. It's the end of the night. I don't feel like talking. I just want to finish my count. Does does the amount of jewelry I have in the case match the number on the system? And on and on. And this this kid uh, guard that we have, this young guy, he's like, hey, uh, where did that uh, where did that ring go? And I noticed when I'm touchy, I notice a lot of things that start getting on my nerves. Am I alone? So he, when I answer, he asks another question after I already answered it. So this starts getting in my nerves. He said, oh, we transferred that out. You transferred it out? Yeah, that's what I just said. Well, uh, where'd it go? We sent it to San Francisco. You sent it to San Francisco? And I'm thinking, dude, I want to get my thing done. I want to get my thing done. I'm just trying to get my count done. You think it'll come back? Well, I mean, if we ask Paris for it, Paris will send it back? I'm like, okay, dude, dude. All right already. I want to finish my count, wrap this safe up, and go home. So you know what? He was so interested in diamonds, I said, Ryan, just stop and take five minutes with this young guy. So I got up out of my desk. I said, all right, better attitude. I said, hey, you want to know something crazy? I grabbed a pencil that diamond in the case this this weekend we had a a 14 and a half carat uh, it it looked like an oval but it was a mixed cushion cut so it's kind of like a cushion cut that's a little elongated soft corners a 14 and a half carat stone kind of looks like the size of your thumb um my gosh how can i forget what this is called am i like 50 or what uh the uh the fingernail I was about to say it in Spanish. <laughs> I'm like, well, how do you say that in English? So uh, it, it, was a, it was a monster cushion cut, beautiful. Decolor, which means no color. Internally flawless, which means no flaws in that stone at all. It's a true rarity of what the Lord can do on earth, a DIF stone. <clears throat> so we're pointing at other diamonds in the window. I said, hey, I want to tell you something interesting the tip of this pencil is carbon. But when I write down all my notes, when you see me working on finishing the count tonight, you see how brittle it is and how easy it just like all falls apart. The carbon just dissipates. I said, would you believe that that diamond is the same element as the lead in this pencil? But you know what the difference is, dude? The, the carbon in the pencil the molecules are on planes, like pieces of paper. So when you write, it just continues to slip and lose its bonding. That's why you can write with a pencil. But that diamond, you try to scratch out against anything, it's, it's going to scratch everything else but itself. It won't do it. It won't do it. And you know what the difference is with a diamond? Those carbon atoms, instead of being like this, have gone like this. That's the only difference. Otherwise, they're the same element. The reason I told him that story was I was trying to avoid connecting with him because I was so busy, and I decided to tell a story about bonding because I needed to take a moment and give the kid five minutes. Re- investing in relationships is more valuable than any of us can ever imagine if we just take time. Time. It is truly a generous moment to pour into someone's life in a big way. Hallelujah. So that's why I mentioned being a caretaker for the Lord. Rejoice with people. Share with people. Pray with people. Weep with people if you have to. Listen to their words. Validate their words. You know how many times people will talk to me and I start looking away because I'm thinking of something? My brother's good at doing that with me too. I hope I didn't learn it from him. I'm like, I can tell Marty's not listening. People know, and it doesn't show value. We are here to show value, amen? The Lord gave himself away, and so should we. Second, let's hasten on. Counter selfishness with gratefulness. Counter it. Sometimes in life, you need to come against something, amen? Sometimes you need to say, no, I won't do this or that. I will do this or that, hallelujah. So we can counter selfishness with gratefulness. We've all heard the old saying, you should count your blessings, and it's so true, because many times we are guilty of not even acknowledging our blessings or acknowledging the one who blesses. Ooh, that's a rough moment. If we counted our blessings every day, we would count ourselves as blessed, and we never want to be selfish people, hallelujah. Hallelujah. There was one family, they saved $15,000 for their daughter to go to college, and she picked a $100,000 a year school, and guess what? She was bummed her parents didn't have the hundred. that they could only scrap together $15,000. is not that rough? It's a story I heard recently. Selfish. You see, God wants people who are grateful, not those that covet and say, well, I wish I had parents that could give me hundred grand for the school I want that might be the thought that went through her mind. But sometimes we think about people that complain, people that whine. That's not enough. I'm never satisfied, and may we never be found in that group. I worked with a lady years ago. She'd come in. She's a believer. She'd come into work and say, I prayed for God to give me a sale today and not a small one. I said, Lord, give me a big one. And I thought, all right, that's cool. That's cool. Well guess what? She got a sale, it was a little one. Little piece. And she said, That is not what I asked for. And I thought, how do you know the Lord didn't send you the one small sale just to keep you satisfied with a sale? To show that he's in the details, but it might be his timing, his everything, right? We should be thankful. Maybe to the Lord, a couple thousand dollar necklace and that little thing she sold, there's a big one. How do we know? It doesn't have to be something different. So then, let me tell you about this watch. Sorry to give you more retail stories, but this is uh, something that I couldn't believe happened. There was a watchmaker out of Switzerland that the uh, owner decided to produce a limited edition Lucifer watch. It was... His face, the owner of the company's face, like the devil, on the dial, which is the face of the watch, and had a little tail, the horns, and the second's hand was a pitchfork. On the back of the watch is where it got even more disturbing. It was a limited edition of 666 pieces. So anybody that would wear or purchase this watch would literally be wearing and touching a 666 on the back. So it would be number one of 666, number two of 666, whatever it might be. Then to make it even worse, it had a pentagram with a goat's face and some four symbols that I don't even know what they are. And guess what? My believer friend that asked for the big sale... She and I had agreed that as Christ followers, we would not sell this watch and put it into someone else's life and make a commission off of it. But guess what happened? A guy came in, and there was also a special incentive on this watch. Not only would you get commission, but you'd also get a $200 check from the company that made that watch. A guy comes in, a local jeweler from the southwest of Vegas, and says, I'll take it. I said, sir... I'm going to pass uh, you to another associate that can help you more better on this watch. And I told him very honestly, uh, this watch is uh, not one that I'm going to sell. So here she comes. I'll sell it. And I thought, wait a minute. We just agreed we wouldn't put this in the last $200 extra check plus 3% commission or whatever it might be. Sold. (laughs) It was rough. But I'll tell you something, she did it probably because she really wasn't satisfied with the money she was making that day. But may we be people that are always satisfied with just what we have from the Lord. Amen. And fully because of him. If that's all we had was Jesus, you don't need anything else. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Because when you have Jesus, your life is full beyond imagination. Am I wrong? Full, and the enemy wants us to covet. Oh, I want that other. I want that commission. I want to be successful. I want to be number one in the sales like this other person. I want to have this. I want to have that. The devil wants us to covet. He wants us to be unsatisfied. Have you ever been unsatisfied in your life? Have you been there? He wants that. But we can challenge those lies by what? Giving gratefulness to the Lord. Thank you, Father, for what I do have. I just passed up that commission for that junky watch and i'm grateful for what you've given me lord paul states he says i have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing you know who likes my silver at home this is so weird i buy little silver coins i don't know if you've ever seen them they're like they're called american eagles they're cool one ounce coins well, can I tell you, no pun intended, Jana didn't care one ounce about my silver until I decided to sell it to get this condo that we purchased a couple months ago in our community. And she said, aren't you going to keep some of it? And I thought, hon, you never even thought about my silver. Until the moment, I'm ready to get rid of it. Think about your own silver. Come on, come on. <laughs> but I thought it was so funny because truly, when you think about it, Paul says, I've not coveted anyone's silver. I've not coveted their gold. I haven't coveted their clothing. I'm blessed by this statement that Paul makes because it shows that Paul was satisfied with what he had. Amen? With where he was in life, with who he fellowshipped with. As long as he was with the Lord, doing the Lord's work, that was truly all he needed. So I tell you today, we don't need to focus on what we don't have. I don't miss that silver a bit. I'd rather have a little condo. Praise God. But the things that we do have in the Lord are even better, amen? So we can turn disappointments, hallelujah, into gratefulness. Last point is this. Be blessed, hallelujah. Live blessed and let Christ create in you a new heart of giving. Sometimes, and I got this song, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Renewal is everything, is it not? Cast me not away from thy presence, O Lord, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. And then you know the rest. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and renew a right spirit within me. Amen. This is what we need. Create in us a new heart. That's not always easy. Am I wrong? Tamika is on my nerves lately. Who's Tamika? She's the homeless lady that I sometimes share stories with you about. Tamika is on my nerves. I can't tell you how many times I've been in my suit and tie and I've left the wind to go give her some money so she can get her ID that was stolen and she's trying to get a job at 7-Eleven. Anyways, it's just, and I, and I always kind of do it with a grudging heart. I'm like, why, why are you bugging me so much? I'm trying to work. But you know what? I don't know what it is. The Lord sometimes gives you people. Do you know what I'm talking about? The Lord sometimes gives you people, and it's not always fun. Here I am driving around, going on every street in some North Las Vegas area that's like really gnarly and stuff, and she doesn't even know how to describe where she is, and I'm like, why do I do this? You have to be kidding me. I need $36 to get my ID from the DMV, or otherwise 7-Eleven won't hire me. Ay, oh, but recently, she let me know she got pregnant. How do you do that on the streets? What are you doing? And then she let me know. Then she let me know uh, two nights ago. She's across the street at the Treasure Island. She's gambling on what machine? The Willy Wonka machine. I'm just trying, I'm just trying to distance myself. I'm like, oh, yeah, great movie. I love that movie. I just, it, it's just too, too much. But what does God's word say? that Scripture associates a giving life with a blessed life. Amen? Paul, if he were here today, he would still repeat, and remember the words of the Lord Jesus himself. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Yes, people will get on our nerves sometimes. I get on other people's nerves, so I can't take the high horse anyways. I know. But having a giving heart isn't always such an easy thing. The day we're born, sometimes we have to work on having a a giving heart in this life. And Paul, he reminds us in verse 35, he says this, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, he calls it, we must help the weak. Oh, all right. I'll go get her 36 bucks plus, whatever. I'm going to search streets not knowing where she is and try to figure this out. I'm going to go back to work. But there's nothing easy about having a giving heart, since the heart is prone to evil and selfishness. <laughs> oh, bummer. Covetness. Selfish means. Therefore we all need a heart transplant. Amen. Lord, open and change. My grandma had, when, when, she, when she was, uh, uh, we were in the Catholic Church when we were young. We were Martinez's. That's where we hung out. We hung out at Sacred Heart Catholic Church, and my grandma had this little figurine of Jesus wearing this pretty blue robe, and he had this bright red heart in the middle, sticking out. I'll never forget that cute little figurine, because truly, we need a heart transplant. And whose heart do we pick up? Hallelujah. The heart of Jesus. At this point, it's important to look back at verse 32. Now I commit you to God, and I commit you to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those that are sanctified. So if you're committed to God, if you're bound to the word of his grace, then you are one of those called sanctified. Hallelujah. Then you offer your heart unto the Lord today. Amen. He needs more of your heart. Am I wrong? We need to hand more of our heart to him. Lord, we give you our heart. Let's just ask him. Lord, we give you our heart. Forgive us for the darkness and that we have invited into our heart, and may it be transformed and renewed with your heart. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We have to remember to be people that are generous and giving and have the heart of Jesus. I went to an auction one time for work. There was this one little painting. I'll bring it for you one day. This one young local kid painted it. Nobody was bidding on it. I felt so bad for him. You ever have that vibe where you're like, dude, I feel so bad for this guy. And I saw him once in a while going to check on the little auction thing to see if anybody wrote their names and their bids down. I think the opening bid was like 100 bucks. And he drew this picture of a bridge, and it was kind of blurry, kind of reddish and greenish and yellow. It was really pretty, almost like it was a sunset time. And uh, I said, oh, dude, just, just bid on the kids' art. That's, this, I, I want to make them happy. I like to make people happy. I like to see joy on people's faces. So I decided, all right, on behalf of the win, $100 bid, Ryan M., when he walked by before the night was over and saw someone bid on his art, I saw his face light up, like the sun. And then the night was over, and I won the painting. And this young guy picks up the painting, and he's trying to find out who's Ryan M. And I'm like, that's me. And he comes over, and he puts down his painting. He gives me a monster hug. He said, thank you so much for enjoying my art. And I said, what were you thinking about when you drew this? He said, you know that spot where you're half asleep and half awake and you can see things but it's still kind of blurry but you can still kind of see where it's going. This is what I had. (laughs) Wonderful. So I say, let Christ create a giving heart in you on a daily basis. Amen. Challenge yourself Pray for one another for that new heart. Leave eyes and have eyes that need to be replaced so you can see those opportunities. Ooh! So as we <coughs> close, what is the most famous story of having covet in their heart? Let me tell you. I thought it was David at first. Wouldn't you think that? Wouldn't you think that was that in the spring at the time when the kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and they besieged Rabbah. But David remained in Jerusalem. And here it comes. Are you ready? Then one evening, King David got up from his bed. And he walked around on the roof of the palace. He probably should have stayed in his bedroom. He walked around on the roof of his palace, and from the roof he saw a beautiful woman bathing. She was very beautiful, scripture records. And David said, No, I can't do that. No, actually, he didn't say that at all. You know what the guy said? Send someone to find out about her. And the man said, She's Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. And David said, yeah, I can't do that. No, he didn't. You know what he said? Send for her. The messengers went to get her. She came to him. And you know what happened next? And she went back home. And the woman conceived and sent word to David saying, I am pregnant. This is one of the biggest moments of thou shalt not covet violation in Scripture. All laid out for us to see. But I found a worse one. <laughs> Where did I put it? Oh, it's my McDonald's uh, napkin. That's why I found it. I found a worse one, a more worse covet story. And here it is, Isaiah 14:12: "How you have fallen from heaven, O morning star, son of the dawn." You have been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of the assembly, on the utmost heights of the sacred mountain. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. But you are brought down to the grave and to the depths of the pit. That is the first monster story of someone coveting what someone else had. Lucifer wanting to be like the most high. Wow. What a story. At the hotel, I used to look at some of the executives and think, Oh, you're cool. You guys are so cool. How do you get there? How do you get to that spot? Why shouldn't I share in that splendor? (laughs) What did Lucifer teach us? That that thought is the wrong thought. When we look at someone else and think, how could I get? How could I have? But you know who's cooler than any executive at my place? The Lord. The Lord is cooler. It's better to be known as God's son or daughter than anything else that anybody else has. Amen? So, I was telling uh, Gary this morning a story. I was walking to the employee dining room and this lady hit a $40,000 slot machine. The little diamonds lined up and she won 40000 She's on the phone going crazy, calling people. And I started thinking, ooh, what would I do with that if that was mine? <laughs> would I do this? Would I go there? But I tell you, we always have to remember that all we need to be ours is a heart for Jesus let's stand and pray. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you, Lord, that you will create in us a new heart and renew a right spirit within us. Amen. And Lord, thank you so much that we will continue to counter the selfishness and the covet nature of our heart with gratefulness for what you have given us, Lord, your Son, Jesus. And Lord, thank you that you're growing generosity in our hearts, Lord, and spilling into others, sometimes even when it hurts, Lord, or is uncomfortable, or we don't want to do it. We're reminded of the words, Lord, this day that Paul mentions so well, reminding us the words of Jesus, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Let us pour into others, Lord God, as you have poured into us. And as we bond and really bridge strong relationships today, even as we have lovely lunch. And I think the word chili was mentioned. Hallelujah. And in your name we pray. Amen.